As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. If you know, then you know it's those long nights, early mornings, rolling down these old back roads, working all week, trying to turn this blood, sweat, and tears poor with a little bit of green in the gold. You can find me, smoke right behind me. Do you want to become a better racer? Are you interested in expanding your knowledge of our sport? If so, thisisbracketracing.com is the place for you. Thisisbracketracing.com houses well over 300 training resources on literally every topic that you could imagine as it pertains to sportsman drag racing. We have trainings dedicated toward improving reaction time, toward uh, sharpening your skills at the finish line, toward increasing your mental game, uh, tech and torque converter, carburetors, you name it, and much, much more. Best of all, on your first visit to thisisbracketracing.com, we award you with one training of your choice for free. Again, that's the best part. It is your choice. So whatever it is that you are interested in and want to focus on, we have a training for you. It's yours for free. To check it out, just go to thisisbracketracing.com and click the Start Here button on the homepage. BTE builds products that you can depend on, whether it's a complete power glide transmission, a torque converter for your specific combination, or any related component or bolt-on item. The professionals at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed. Shop online at bteracing.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in Sportsman Drag Racing and the stars within it. Welcome back, or welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, where we sometimes discuss the strip teaser, and the Saturday Night Hooker. If you've been keeping up at all with our NCAA tournament bracket, you will know that it was the Saturday Night Hooker in a, in a slight upset in the final uh, over the strip teaser. So we might have to, uh, we might have to alter that, um, that introduction in the future where we sometimes discuss the Saturday Night Hooker and the strip teaser that upset by the way much to the chagrin of my seven-year-old uh we all entered a tournament bracket and gary was leading it my my oldest son was leading that bracket for the better part of the tournament and he had gonzaga over baylor in the final and when gonzaga fell in the final a young man by the name of sean langdon had Baylor winning and uh, and surpassed Gary to win that title. So I don't know. I think it was like three or four hundred bucks to Sean. Like yeah, whatever. Like that three or four hundred bucks to Gary. Like that was uh, 
that was allocated toward uh, safety equipment for an impending junior dragster career. So, Sean, I, I hope you feel good about yourself. I, I digress. Um, okay, so today's show, I don't know how I got off on that tangent. Um, today's show is a fun one. Uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. I am joined by none other than Dan Fletcher. Yes, that Dan Fletcher, 100 plus NHRA national event wins. Dan Fletcher. Um, admittedly, we actually recorded this over a month ago, and we'd been sitting on it ever since for a, a variety of reasons that made sense in the moment. Um, I just re-listened to it. I I, I think it's very um, poignant, and, and it's worth your time. It's a fun conversation, as it typically is with Dan for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first and foremost is obviously he just commands so much respect within our world, rightfully so. And then secondly, like he's just he's an engaging, entertaining guy. So, but I, but I did want to throw that out there because there are a couple of spots in this conversation where Dan and I reference specific events as upcoming that are now actually in the rearview mirror. Um, so I don't want you to get confused as you listen to that. But again. Uh, really fun interview, worth your time. Uh, after uh, that discussion with Dan Fletcher, I've also got Ashley Thompson on briefly to give an update on the 2021 This Is Bracket Racing.com driver series. A handful of the 24 plus participant facilities signed up for 2021. A handful of those have already held races that count toward driver series points. So we discuss that and preview what's going to be a busy few weeks within the driver series because over half of our participant tracks begin their points earning seasons within the next two weekends. Uh, so we preview that a little bit and just talk about the series in general. So stay tuned to the end for that. Uh, so again, Dan Fletcher followed by Ashley Thompson. It's going to be a great show. But first, oh wait, <laughs> Jed's not here with me. I gotta, yeah, I was trying to tee him up. Okay, but first, PJ North. Call me John Force. All they wanna know is what I'ma do for an encore. I might bring out the cutty, might bring out my secret weapon. But all you know is I'm coming and I'm busting down your door. I might pull a Kevin Brandon, double up in some divisions. Top tracks to hear a super cop is where I'm winning. Don't let me fool you. I'm honored to be joined today by the winningest driver in NHRA sportsman drag racing history, and I would say the the most recognizable personality in all of sportsman racing. I would even argue one of the more recognizable competitors in all of NHRA, Dan Fletcher. Fletch, how are you, man? What's happening, brother Luke? How are you today? Doing great, man. It's good to see you, and I uh, really appreciate you taking some time to come on with us. I appreciate it, my friend. Thanks for having the interest. So I guess a, a good jumping off point, place to start, I know that you've got a lot of changes going on in, in your professional and your personal life, um, but you'll highlight a lot of those in the return of, uh, I guess we'll call it Route 21, or Route 2021, uh, <laughs> this, year, this year in National Dragster. Uh, that's, that's been longer than I think since you, were, since you penned that. It seems like a staple to me, but it's been several years, right? Yeah, it's been, I honestly could couldn't tell you how long. Um, it's probably been, I don't know, a minimum of probably seven, eight years, seven years, I'm going to say, probably in there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm nobody, don't, don't mean to say I am, but that column was always so popular, not only just with my peers, but with the fans. I mean, still to this day, I haven't written in seven, eight years. And every, I promise you, every NHRA event I go to, Someone comes up and, hey, you know, I really enjoy reading that column and I wish you would do it. And I've always wanted to have the time to do it again. And I'm not saying I got the time now, but I'm going to make the time now. Um, honestly, things are, as you all know, I mean, just more of a struggle than ever to service sponsors and provide value to sponsors. And, and I know that that is something I can do that affords added value to my program. Um, I've always wanted to get back to doing it, but I just felt like right right now is the right time for me to get back to do it to try and uh, just try and try and keep my job. <laughs> <laughs> no question, I understand that, and I'll I'll speak for the masses and in, in saying what you already know. It's it's always been one of my favorite reads in the magazine, without question. Um, mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I it I should have done some research coming in. I want to say that you started penning that back in 1999, somewhere in that range. I I, I think that's about right. 98, 99, and wrote it for quite a few years. So. I followed along with it for years, and and now, you know, within more recent years, getting to know you a little bit on a personal level, I'm curious as you kind of think back to those days, which was probably mid-career really for you, to today. How has let's focus on your racing? Like, how is it different today than it was two decades ago? Uh, It's it's (laughs) apples and oranges, not even the same. I might as well be a friggin' IndyCar racing for for how different it is. It's just funny going back when I started the article, just want to talk about how different it is. I remember literally like, you know, having some handwritten notes, I'd make notes, whatever, and stopping back then. I, I'm quite sure I don't think I had a cell phone, you know, stopping at a pay phone, using my calling card thing, whatever, and calling McKenna, Kevin McKenna, a dragster, and kind of like parroting the whole deal to him, reading it to him, all my notes, and together we would meld the story. You know, eventually I got to where I could scribe it all on my own and, you know, I would probably say the wrong thing and have to get edited, you know, but I I remember stopping on the road, like driving from Seattle to Brainerd because I had to call in my column. And I mean, so that that's how long ago that was. Right. I mean, no cell phone. Uh, yeah, that's incredible. Uh, in terms of your uh, your racing, I mean, I know that the on-track portion of it hasn't really changed a lot, but certainly the business surrounding it, it seems like your schedule is, has been altered pretty significantly recently. Like when you think back to juxtapose, juxtapose then to now, what's the biggest difference in your mind? Um, just how much more difficult it is to, to earn a living doing this. When I left Xerox, I had one car, raced one car, Superstyle. That was it. And then, you know, we added a stocker, um, and I raced two cars, and that was manageable. But then, you know, as my kids got older and they got involved, which is, I mean, every racing dad's dream that his kids are going to get involved in the racing with them. Well, my God, did it become just an overwhelming amount of work, you know, to try and keep up with all the cars. And, and now at this point, it went from, a business model that was based off of just purses and earnings, winnings, not really sponsored our one to having to service sponsors and, and really provide value to, to sponsors because they became as the business model changed and the, the revenue from winnings, even if you still won six or seven nationals a year, the revenue was down so significantly that you had to, really have a lot of serious sponsor dollars to do it. So just what changed so much is just from one motorhome, one car, one trailer to multiple motorhomes and trailers and, and five, as many as six race cars and one guy taking care of six race cars and, you know, acquiescing for my sons to let them drive. You know, I honestly, dude, I mean, the last few years, I mean, I've been just, I'm like the guy just digging a ditch, just trying to keep up. Um, I've not driven. I should be driving stock and super stock. Those, that's where I cut my teeth. That's where I gain my fame, if you will. That's, that's where I carve my niche in this deal. You know, sure, the dragster's fun to go in super comp, whatever. But, you know, and I'm not even going to say that stock is easier when in super comp because I don't really believe it is. <laughs> Frankly, I mean, it's, everything's so friggin' hard to win at, but I, I would really enjoy the opportunity to get back to racing stock and super stock, have a class between my classes. So you weren't back to back. I mean, you understand the logistics of what classes you're actually running, how that, I mean, when you go to the races and you're deciding what you're going to race just based on scheduling, something's wrong with that, but, but it's a factor, you know? So I don't know. It's just, What's changed? Everything's changed. It's so much harder to win. Everyone's got good equipment. You know, things like your website that gives people strategy and tutelage and teaches people how to race. And, you know, there's no more of someone, you know, giving you a lot of room. It just doesn't happen, you know, and it's just so it's sponsor dollars are key. And, you know, it's been a struggle to keep up there. And especially after last year with the friggin' virus, you know, that you know, it's awful hard to uh, to market yourself when you can't really commit to what you're going to do, <laughs> you know. So, you know the drill. 
No question. With all of the the irons in the fire, so to speak, as uh, as, as sponsorship obligations continue to uh, to pile on, uh, family continues to grow, and and everything involved, the, the various revenue streams and things like that. Do you f- have you found it, or do you find it increasingly difficult to kind of flip on the focus, so to speak, and concentrate on the task at hand when it comes to competition? I would I would like to give you a a BS response and say no, it's no problem, but but it is. It really is. I mean, there's, you know, half the battle's getting there. You know, once you get there, I mean, it seems like it's it's easy once you get there. It's not easy to win, but the actual going through the motions of driving a race car and whatever, that's easy at that point. But, no, it's overwhelmed. You know, I mean, clearly overwhelmed. And I, I think I'm starting to right the ship now. I think I'm starting to get things a little bit more in a pile. Um but it, it's it's very, you know, but you create your own monster, right? I mean, I'm the one that did it. You know, I, I could have just stayed with one or two cars and, you know, told my kids, you know, you're on your own, whatever, and figure it out. And, you know, I'll help when I can. But, you know, and I'm just such a control freak that, you know, when they're driving the car, I mean, yeah, they're sitting in it, but I'm, I'm half-assed driving the thing too. You know, I, I'm so consumed with – just trying to do everything I can do to, to, for the best option or best success, whatever. But when you, when you go to your races and, you know, Thomas isn't racing with us right now, but you know, when he would be with us and it would be Thomas and Timothy and me, we'd have four cars and we're in like all four classes or whatever. Dude, it just, I can't be up there and get back and go, but I want to be up there, but I, I've, I've had to let go of even being up in a starting line when they're racing half the time because I have to do my program justice and it's, it's too much. It's too much, but <laughs> it's what it is. <laughs> no, I honestly, I don't know, on a very personal level, I actually, I, it makes me feel a lot better to hear you say that because I've struggled with <laughs> a lot of the same things and, and the, the, the results don't show it at all. I mean, I, I know that there was a time that, you know, you're winning six, eight national events a year, but I think just the times in general, that would be, difficult if not impossible to accomplish today i don't feel like your your performance has lagged at all but it is good to hear you say that like yes this is a struggle because i can identify the struggle is real what um we've talked about this a little bit in the past uh and you alluded to just how much the the game has changed for you in terms of of revenue and what it's based upon you know from a from basically a straight winning standpoint years ago to much more dependent on sponsorship dollars today uh, i'm curious when you look at your career and particularly you know like how you've gotten to where you are today do you see a path for a young racer to become the next dan fletcher obviously it's different but it's changed a lot right yeah, it's, it's, I don't want to say no, but it's, it's, it's hard to see a viable path. It really is. I mean, obviously, you know, you know, you're, you're very good at uh, social things, you know, social media things and your website and whatever. And we've tried to get a lot better here with our social media program. Clearly that's what sponsors want. I mean, it's become clear to me through just a number of my sponsors, even what, what venue, I mean, Instagram seems to be the, the favorite, you know, that's, you know, Facebook isn't quite as in vogue anymore. And, you know, they digital impressions, you know, I, I don't know. I just, you know, I've had people tell me, you know, you know, I should be a YouTuber, you know, I mean, I should have cameras in the garage in the shop and film everything I'm doing. And dude, I mean, and, you know, I, I, I'm struggling to keep up with everything right now as it is, let alone doing that. But so the path for a young man to go do it, you know what? I mean, in some of these, you know, other sanctions, right? They're like little E, right, is is promoted some guy that he got off of like an iRacing league, right? The guy played video games or something. And now Bernard put him in a race car, right? I, I mean, I literally think dude like hadn't driven a race car. It demonstrated skills on demonstrated skills on the computer and iRacing and got himself a ride. I, so a path for a young guy to do it, I mean, it's it's not my wheelhouse, but clearly as someone that's a master of the internet, of social media, which I know it's, it's integral and it has to be done, but let's face it, a lot of it's disgusting, you know, and just really 
you know, the, the, I swear if I didn't have to have social for sponsors, I mean, you'd be hard pressed to want to be on Facebook. It's just a cesspool, right? Of left and right. And everyone's just, ah, you know, like everyone says, let's either talk about racing or puppies, nothing else, you know, just let's leave it at that. Yeah, 100%. And I mean that in the in the truest form, because I don't think there's any chance you, you may be uh, too humble to, to admit this, like, I don't think there's any hope of, honestly, another racer surpassing 100 national event wins, like, that's just an insane number. I'm not talking about the on track accomplishments. I'm just talking about earning a living, you know, in, in and around sportsman drag racing, um, you know, in the way that you have for what, three decades? Yeah, right. yeah, no way. God, that's terrible to think about um <laughs> no what what you just said that you might be able to there's a lot of you know like my kids will talk about you know the younger guys at the bracket races that are you know they're just everywhere and they're doubled and you know at every event and this and that well you know a lot of them probably don't have you know family and overhead of family and health insurance bills and you know a lot of them might be 20 somethings or early 30 somethings or a lot are still with mom and dad these days right that are crutching off of that they have a, I did this with no net, <laughs> you know, when I walked out, dude, I was, my father had died. I was an only child. I mean, I had no safety net, you know, but again, it was a simple model back then. You know, I left Xerox, I made 40 grand, <laughs> you know, it was 20 grand to win a national event. Dude, if I can't win a couple of these, something's wrong. You know, I mean, at that point in time, so it, but now today just, Hell no. I mean, just hell to the no. Definitely a tough way to go about uh, supporting supporting yourself. Uh, recently uh, relocated from your longtime, I think, lifetime home in uh, in Western New York, yeah. right? To uh, to the hills of North Carolina. How is that transition? It's dude. I'm so happy about it. It's just such a wonderful thing. Um, like I tell everyone, I'll be at 20 years late. You know, I mean, I should have, the, the <laughs> my margins could have been up significantly had I been operating out of here. Just the property taxes here are significantly less. The cost of travel is going to be significantly less. The wear and tear on all my equipment and me in the traveling, you know, like my, my analogy is, you know, a wheel bearing on a trailer, right? You know, we've all had those issues on the side of the road. Well, when I'm only going, like literally from here, Richmond is 140 miles. You know, Charlotte might be 180. Glad is only 32 or three miles from my house. Wheel bearings aren't going to heat up on half of these trips. I mean, dude, there's going to be so much <laughs> less shit go wrong, less blown up trailer tires and just, it's going to be, I, I just, and I'm half empty guy. I mean, I'm always complaining or whatever. I'm just so sad that I waited until my mid fifties to make this move, it should have been done literally 20 years ago, but it didn't get done 20 years ago. It got done now. So I just need to be happy with it and get with it. You know, I can assume uh, a number of different advantages to the, the new location. What was the mm -hmm. driving force for you? And my wife finally said, okay, <laughs> that was, <laughs> that's, dude, I wanted to leave when my dad died, you know, I wanted to go, you know, I mean, I knew what I was going to do and, you know, whatever. And I wanted to go way back then. And then, you know, her mom, we had an in-law in our house that we built for her mom and her mom died probably six years ago now, I think I'm going to say six years ago, but we couldn't leave then because, you know, my daughter was still in college. And then when my daughter graduated college, my wife's best friend, her one of her sisters, you know, it was just a sad, terrible thing, had Lou Gehrig's and was, you know, going going down, you know, and it so he couldn't leave during that. And and then finally just I don't really know I you know what put what what put it over the edge, I guess really. My wife said yes, and my wife only said yes because my kids said yes. Because if my kids wouldn't have gone, you know, Thomas stayed home, but Timothy and Taylor are here. And, and if they wouldn't have come, she wouldn't have come. So I just, I finally got told it was okay. You know, that's, that's what happened. So, and, and oddly enough, Chewy.com comes here too to Raleigh, just like they do Rochester. So we're good. <laughs>
Uh, you you mentioned your children, and anybody that has that has talked to you for any period of time knows how integral a part of your life family is. Strictly from a racing standpoint, uh, you know now it's three generations of, of Fletchers behind the wheel. Your boys have had tremendous success. Uh, you talked about some of the the stresses of you know the multi car team, but what's the good side of uh, of racing alongside your boys? Um. Just the fact that, you know, my kids still want to be with me for the most part, you know, I mean, that they're grown men. Like, like I said, I mean, you know, need to get into my family's laundry, but Thomas and I are struggling a little bit to get along right now these days, but that's part of life. Um, you know, he'll do well for himself and hopefully maybe someday he and I'll race again together. Just not right now, but Timothy's a real hard worker. Um, you know, I enjoy going with them. You know, when Thomas won his first national event, I'm quite sure that when he won his first national event, I also won that day at Maple Grove. He won, he won stock in my Camaro, and I won comp eliminators. That was incredibly, incredibly rewarding. Um, Timothy won his first race he ever went to was was Lebanon Valley Points meeting he won it. Again, super exciting. Had a heads-up run in stock. I guess they both won their first races in my 69 Camaro stocker, so that was kind of cool. So. It's it's tremendously rewarding that again, even though Thomas and I don't see eye to eye on things, ninety percent of people at the racetrack, you know, like him and think he's a good guy. Timothy, everyone likes, thinks he's good. everyone loves Taylor. You know, she's mama's girl. Um, my kids are all, you know, I'm I'm pretty happy with the way things have turned out. You know, for the most part. Um, so the best part about racing with them now is. Not really just the win lights when they win. I, I guess, dude, I don't care if they don't win the event, but gosh, I, I want them to win first round. When they when they get cracked first round, dude, I just I want to just crawl in a hole and die. I just want to leave. It's just so friggin' devastating. I mean, again, I'm half empty guy, whatever. The good doesn't seem to outweigh the bad. You know, honestly, there's when they lose it's just like when I win. When I win, I'm happy and I'm satisfied, but it's the, the losing, the devastation of losing when you put so much of your heart and soul and time and effort and everything into it, the devastation that you feel, you know, and when you're watching your kid race and that friggin' wind light doesn't come on, dude, it's just, I'm not mad. I just, I want to cry, dude. I'm just so tore up for him. I mean, it's just, but I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's apparently I, what is it? Are you say this or a masochist when you like, self-inflicting pain apparently so i'm one of them <laughs> is it harder on them or harder on you i think well i mean i'm sure that indirectly i put a lot of pressure on them just because of my expectations and my over the top you know being a control freak whatever but i they both lose not good right they ain't happy with losing but I mean, I almost think I take it harder. <laughs> I mean, I really do. It's, you know, no one likes to lose. I've gotten used to losing. I mean, I lose so much all the time now, I, I'm numb, you know. I mean, but when they lose, dude, I'm telling you, you know, when your kid gets older and he starts racing, you know, maybe juniors won't be as bad, but you just, you want them to do good, you know. You just, and like I say, even if they don't win the event, but, damn, can't we, you know, just, you know, slide by a round or two, don't. Don't get your nuts kicked down your throat first round, please. You know, I mean, I'm not asking too much. <laughs> what about the flip side? When they do have success, you feel like it's more exhilarating on your end or theirs? Probably on my end. Yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly, they, they're both, you know, super happy when they win, whatever. But I'm just bawling like a baby. I'm just Mr. Emotion, whatever. And, you know, I when they win, it's. You know, again, the stupid computer with the webcast and the live this and that, whatever. You know, I mean, when they're away racing, I'm, I get to watch them, whatever. And that's what, like, I remember being in Richmond, like, I don't know, a year, two years ago, probably. And Timbo was down at Piedmont at the one of Beard's door car races. And he got runner up that night in like the 20 or something. And But it was just so much fun sitting there drinking Michelob Ultra and watching the computer and watching him going rounds. He was doubled and doing great. And it's just so fun when, you know, when it goes right, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you loud and clear, man. Um, 
you you focused on. I, I keep wanting to say your boys. Obviously, uh, your, your boys are, are far from boys at this point. Uh, now, your daughter Taylor, she drove the the wagon at one point, right? She got she any- drove the wagon a couple times, and my wife would would tell me I've, that I've done my daughter wrong. You know, I mean, she was a big soccer player, went to school, went to college on a scholarship, and we did a lot of that. And I really just being honest, I need to you know, make more of a concerted effort. She hasn't, she says she wants to drive and I kind of like poo poo like, you don't really mean it, but I think she does mean it and I haven't taken her serious enough. And now the wagon I've taken back over is, I mean, it might be a kind of a jokester, right? The big old lumbering station wagon, but it's a pretty good bracket car and I like driving it. And so it's like, I don't want to let her go waste runs on it when I'm going to these races that are two or three grand enter, you know, I mean, it's, you know, for her to just go we in the thing, whatever, but I'm going to let her go get the, uh, that's one of the, you know, my kids jokes. So I'm going to put her in the dragster glot, let her get licensed, let her run the wagon some, because the wagon can run super street. So I'll let her get some super. I got to let her, I got to, I got to put her behind the wheel. And that's going to happen. Now that we're down here, we're only 30 minutes from Glot, which I think is the greatest little track in the history of little tracks. My favorite place ever. Um, you know, we'll, I'll put her in a car at the Glot Divisional and get her out there racing and it'll be good. So route 2021, uh, obviously at this point, it's, it's difficult to make plans in some respects, but in your mind, oh. what, what does it look like? Oh, let's see. I had a schedule out here someplace. I, uh, I've got like a 30 date schedule over the next nine months. I mean, it's a bit aggressive. Um, and some of those wouldn't be me. They would be, you know, my representation, my team at, some of the divisionals, Timothy on his own. Um, we've got a second two-car trailer for him, just a long tag where he can carry both cars. Um, we were going to go to South Georgia this weekend. Probably wasn't the smartest move to go there because of the, you know, the, just at this point, dude, every race, because of where I am financially, I have to, like, seriously evaluate, is this a smart business decision to go do this, you know? So it probably wouldn't have been smart to go there, but we kind of wanted to get racing, you know. So we got a fresh motor for the stocker and this and that. So we we're going to go there, but that got canceled because of the weather. It's been just cold and rainy and yada yada. Um, but next weekend, Galat opens <clears throat> for their point series. Again, super great track, dude. They race like six or eight times a year, doubles for points. Like last year, um, Jordan White won the points there. Um, I told him, I told him on, on uh, Facebook that just a new sheriff in town and I was, I'm coming for him. Obviously I'm joking. Um, but, uh, they open next week and they've got such a great program, dude. It's five grand to win off the top each day, Saturday, Sunday for a combined 180 entry, you know, just, I don't probably the round money ain't great. I don't know. You just look at the top, but it's 30 miles from the house and it's five grand to win both days. The next week during the Gainesville points meet, I haven't decided whether they're going to Gainesville points meet. We're going to stay a race at lot again. Cause it's five grand to win each day off the top 30 miles from the house. Sure. Like I can come home. I got to stay there. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that to me is just like awesome. You know I mean? So then it'll be Gainesville national. Then super excited to go to Bo's race in South Georgia. It's a big stock, super stock combo thing, three twenties and a 50. Um, just the money out here, whether it's bracket racing or now, Bohannon's got a race at St. Louis that I don't think I'm going to make that one. Just as dumb as it sounds right now. I, again, I have to look at travel and this and that. Well, St. Louis is almost 14 hours for me. You know and I? I'm not going to have enough money to pay all the entry fees at these things. I mean, it's the weekend of Bo's race in South Georgia. Beard's having a top ball race to go out. It's like three thirties and a 300. I, I just, it's like an orgy. I mean, you just, <laughs> there are more I mean, options than ever. No question. Dude, it's crazy. It's insane. I mean, Richmond has a great bracket series this year. Beard has those races at Piedmont, the Galat races, the NHRA events. I mean, it just, 
my God, I've waited till I'm an old man to get down here. What is wrong? <laughs> From an NHRA standpoint, is the focus again going to be stock and super comp, or is that yet to be determined? Um, we've got the white Nova and Super Street for Timbo, the white Camaro, my stocker for in stock for Timothy, the dragster for me, and my dad's car to super stocker for me. Um, I'm probably honestly gonna um, boot him out of the stocker a few times this year. I I feel like I need to run stock and super stock, you know, and and it at this point again with the business model of sponsor dollars harder to maintain the level that I've had. I it's almost throwing it back where I need to go win something, you know. I can't just I can't just represent sponsors and show up and you know promote a good program and a good image and, you know, brand awareness and try and, you know, I mean, the buzzword of today, B2B, you know, I mean, get, you know, broker business deals for your sponsors and this, I need to win something too, <laughs> you know, and it might only be nine or 10 grand. I, I keep checking the website to see if it's updated for the national events. And I don't know whether it's accurate at this point or not. Um, but I need to, I need to win some stuff. I, you know, it's last year was a joke because of the sickness, right? You know, I only ran a handful of races. I got to the semis at Pomona to start the year. I got runner up in Indy, and I think I only went to three national events. So, you know, I I was close, just didn't, you know, didn't finish. So I just, I need to race stock and super stock as much as possible. Super stock and super comp when Tim runs a stocker. And, uh, you know, I dude, this is a joke that I haven't passed Manzo in the last two years. I mean, that's that's got to friggin' end. That's gonna end like now. Huh? How many wins away? I got to win, win one to tie, two to pass. Oh wow, yeah. And this is dude. Two years ago, I got two runners ups. Last year, out of three, I got one runner up. I mean, I got runner up at at uh, Pete and Kyle's race at, at wherever at Galat last year. You know, that was cute. Dead zero in the final, click a three thou red, something like that, you know. Just so I, it, I need to, I need to win something. <laughs> it's uh, it's a little bit of um, payback, if you will. Like they, I guess maybe the odds coming back into favor because your final round record is kind of off the charts, national event wise, yeah, right? It's, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, I, I'm sure there's better, but I mean, I'm definitely at least two for three, you know. And if I would think a two for three clip in finals is pretty good. But like, dude, when I lost last year to uh, to Terry Evans at the Indy final, I was super happy for him. Those guys are great guys. Sure. I'm very good friends with Gary. Um, I'm friends with Terry and Jerry. Um, you know, good racers, whatever. But I mean, I just, you know, I generally go into a race with the game plan of how I think the run's going to unfold or what I think I'm going to see. Um, and when it doesn't unfold the way you're thinking it's supposed to, you have to quickly be willing to change course of action you know if it if it's not unfolding the way you thought it was going to then obviously adapt and it just I mean it's it's bad enough when you get beat and you're a tactician it's bad enough when you get beat when you execute when you go out there and you lock up and don't execute and don't when you have a race that is an easy win if you just do what you're supposed to do and you and you just because you're seeing something you weren't supposed to see, and this isn't what it was supposed to be, and you just friggin' wait too long to do what you're supposed to do, and just <sighs> so it's it's hard enough to win without making mistakes, you know. Life's hard; it's even harder if you're stupid, right? Isn't that what they say? <laughs> well, I can relate though, because that I mean, we can sit back and recap a run for five minutes, but the truth is, it happens in a matter of seconds. And yeah. my take on that is like any time that there is an instant of confusion, like to your point, like you yeah. just didn't see yeah. what you thought you see. I just feel yeah. like that's all it takes to, to you know, then by the time that you put up the pieces together, you cross the finish line. Like it's, it's right, right. I guess it's right. why they call it racing and not winning. I'm curious, specific yeah. to, to India, and I know that you've had tremendous success there in the past, for a racer of your unique caliber and and being doing this at the level that you have for the years that you have does a near miss at indy like stick in your craw the way that it would most racers or are you kind of jaded to that and they all feel the same had i not won indy before i would say it would probably be worse but i will say that's my 
third frigging loss in a final at Indy. I've about had enough of that. I mean, <laughs> in Indy, I'm only one for four, you know, in finals. That's pathetic. I mean, that, that's – but had I not won it before, that would probably be more impactful to me. Um, frankly, by the time you get it done at Indy, <laughs> you know the drill. You've been there for a week. Yeah. You don't even care. <laughs> I just want to go home, you know. But like Indy, Indy this year – were you there this year? Yeah, briefly. I didn't last long, but I was there. <laughs> um, just the way that it was run this year was starting at O-Dark 30 every day. Dude, it just wasn't fun. I mean, it just it just wasn't fun. <laughs> I mean, Timothy running Super Street. We're literally out there every morning because we're running Super Street, Stock, Super Comp, Super Stock. All four classes other than Super Gas, right? And they only allow you two a crack, so we had all we could get. We're out there in the morning, every morning, when the ground's just friggin' soaking wet because it's dewy and, you know, whatever, and you're unloading cars in the pitch black. And the one morning, it was just solid fog. I mean, just like, I'm unloading race cars every morning at 6.15. What in the F am I doing here? This is absurd. It was a bizarre scene. This is scene. absurd, dude. Yeah. I, that, that just... I hope that uh, I, I I don't know. I hope that isn't the way it goes this year, <laughs> but you know we'll see. The uh, the Indy Triumph was in Superstock. Stock, Stock. actually. Okay. Yeah. Which car? Um, my car, my '69 Camaro, my '69. Yep. As you uh, as you look back, and I I doubt that you spend much time thinking about this, but I feel like we've all got a moment or two that just stands out. Of all of the wins, of all the successes, and maybe it's not a win. Like when you look back on and everything that you've accomplished in, in racing to this point, is there one moment that stands out to you as like the one thing I'll never forget? Hmm. That's interesting. Um, well, I, I don't know. For me personally, um, obviously winning the first one, you know, way back in 1994. Sweeping the swing, you know, whatever. That was a big moment the first time. Um, but the biggest, biggest moment. Um, I don't know. That, I mean, that's tough. It's been, I've, I've been very blessed, dude. I mean, it's been a great career. There's been a lot of highlights. You know, probably, uh, you know, probably – <laughs> I don't it wouldn't be the most rewarding when Thomas spun my Camaro out at Epping that, that one kind of sticks with me I remember that one unforgettable right that's what I asked that was unforgettable dude when I I'm standing at the starting line that was still a classic story I mean he had to run Pete first round Pete hadn't got that thing, his stocker down the track, the thing of just blowing the tires off every run. Pete's holding a stack. The week before Lebanon, Thomas had got induced into an early drop on someone and hit the brakes too early. And, and blah, 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 blah. So this run with Pete, Pete's holding a train load. If that thing hooks, he's going to be on him at 800 feet. No doubt. I said, you do not let him induce you in an early drop. You take that bastard right, to, I mean, a car length away, and you put him through the floor. Well, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he did. I mean, it all just unfolded. And, and I think, honestly, there was a braking issue with the car because it, like, locked to one side and didn't. And he probably stayed on the pedal too long. And, oh, my God, dude, I'm on the starting line. All of a sudden, they see the side of the car, and then the front of the car, then the other side of the car. And I was just – Thank, dude, somehow the Lord didn't let that thing turn over because it had no right not being on its roof, you know. I mean, so that was, there you go. That, that's what I got for you. <laughs> Let's, uh, let me take you back to the, the, the Xerox days. Like, what was the moment that you decided to pursue this life? You know, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a living in a race car. Is there a certain moment or decision that sticks out in your mind? Or was it just had been building up for a right. while? or? No, that, that one was pretty simple. You know, I, at that point, you know, as 28, nine-year-old kid, whatever, you know, I mean, say kid, adult, <laughs> um, you know, didn't care for my job, you know, didn't, didn't, you know, all I cared about was racing, just consumed and tore up the racing like 
my kids are now or any anyone that hasn't been beaten into submission yet you know i mean just totally consumed with it and you know always dreamed of just all you did was just make lists every day of where you're going to go and what you're going to do and you know da 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 and and then my father passed away and uh you know so now i was in charge <laughs> I, I got to do what i wanted to do and when I won the first race, because we, you know, weren't a wealthy family and never have been, never will be. You know, when I won the first race and all of a sudden I drummed up 20 grand, sent the thing out west, swept the western swing, and I was like, wow. I mean, this is like more money than I've ever seen in my entire life, you know. I just drummed up like 80 grand in like a couple months, you know. I, I just – and then all of a sudden now, now, now you're really hooked, you know, and – and I just like, dude, I can make a living doing this. I can make this work, you know? And then when my daughter was born, we did the family medical leave act deal, which was 13 weeks of unpaid leave, maternity leave for guys. And I used it as a dry run to go out there and do my thing, whatever. And I won a couple races and I'm like, dude, I can make this work. I, I can do this, you know? And I, again, I've, and I've said this before, probably said it to you, I'll always remember walking out of our house on or not the last house, but the one before that and walking out and, and saying goodbye to my wife and saying, bye, honey, I'm off to go kill another day of my life. Now see you at the end of the day when I'm another day closer to death. Bye. And that's the way I felt about going to Xerox, you know, and I could make this work. I was sure of it. And I did, and I wouldn't change a thing. You know, it just, I pretty much wish the economy wouldn't have gone to hell in 2000 and, 10 or whatever, and I sure wish that COVID wouldn't have hit last year. It'd make it a little bit easier, but we'll survive somehow, which I need to be a little self-promoting here right now. Um, just super fortunate to have the sponsors I have that I've been able to maintain. Um, you know, ATI stepped up last year as the primary on my Stocker and on the Nova. Mickey Thompson's always been a great product supporter of mine. Um, Denzo is Lisa Denzo's stuck with me. Um, she knows how hard I work and I, that's another company there that's very social media driven for what they're looking for. And I'm trying to do better almost specifically for her, you know, cause I know that's what they want and what they need and what I need to do. Um, but I'm just super honored and excited to announce actually this morning, I came to an agreement in principle with MicroStrategies, Anthony Giovanni is a, an IT company that does business solutions, networking, whether it's literally, you know, the hard install of equipment or just, you know, code or software or what have you. Anyone that has an IT system in their business that has computers and networking or whatever, they can make it more efficient and make it better. And we came up and struck a deal as primary today on my super stock car and on my super comp dragster and an associate presence on everything else. So I'm super excited for that for the next couple of years with, with Anthony. Fantastic. Congrats. Even though he drives a Ford, he drives a Ford. <laughs> we won't hold that <laughs> against him. No, sir. Well, congratulations well, on that. And I have no doubt that you will be an yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable representative for MicroStrategies as you are to all of the companies that you're involved with and the manufacturers that support, manufacturers you. support you. I do want to follow up. up. Briefly, Briefly, I asked you about you know the moment that you decided to kind of pursue this life. In the years in since, years I know since, that there have, know been, there have been. You said you wouldn't trade it for anything, but I know that there have been instances where you have questioned you that, decision. that decision. Is oh, there God. one Is there that stands, stands out above the rest? Is where you just what the heck am I doing out here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there's a couple, and they all involve they all involve just. Um, transport disasters, you know, shit that goes wrong when you're traveling. I mean, that's because I'm alone. I'm a one man band, you know, I'm doing it on my own or, you know, I mean, now, fortunately, you know, I mean, I've, you know, you know, Timbo's there for some muscle on, you know, some problems, whatever. But, you know, the one a few years ago where the trailer lost, it rose through a wheel bearing, wrecked an axle. And I was in like someplace in Iowa by myself on the way to Denver had to turn around and go back to T&E, limp it back, 
was 100 degrees out, going 40 miles an hour, just, you know, they worked all day the next day, and then I drove nonstop to get to Denver, and I went there and I won. And then I I think that was the year that I swept, and I might have re-swept or whatever. I, I don't know. I, lo- I lose track, but I know I – I know I was there by myself and I won trying to think, no, that is, that's the era that I won all three races. I won them in different classes, but I won all three races, you know, but with that said, that was my last most forgettable story. My most recent, most forgettable story is my motorhome's a 2003 model motorhome. My trailer is a 2000 model teeny greatest trailer out there. Over 500,000 miles on it. We just maintain it. My motorhome, it's a C15 cat. Runs like a top. Knock on wood. Dude, I mean, I've put brakes and tires on it. You know, that's just, it's been. But over 15 to 20 years, the truck washes absolutely destroyed them. Just destroyed them. The paint just coming off. And I remember getting done in Vegas like two years ago or whatever to go to Pomona and stopped at the truck wash in Vegas before going. Get it washed, drive there. The next morning, wherever I stopped to get out, I looked. And you could see just down the side of the trailer, just like the wine marks of just <laughs> of just the paint just come. It was the end of the rope. I knew it was done, right? So that winter, I got everything painted out in California. <clears throat> Worked out super good, fell into a deal. It might not be the best, you know, paint job in the masking or whatever, but but they did a super good job on it. And it was super reasonable. And because it got to the point where I'm broke, I got no money, but this is embarrassing. I can't represent sponsors looking like this. I mean, this is just so I had to do something. So I got it painted that winter, and then we start out that year and I get it back, and again, my trailer, you know, it's had lots of tra- tires blow up, so the fenders are all dicked up, and you know, from the tire. To... So I went to Teeny, had them put new fenders on the thing, and you know, maybe a couple, and new some new DOT tape. Dude, the motorhome's painted, the wheels are polished. Chris Lamb's guy did the wheels at Vegas or something, and dude, the new fenders on the thing. I mean, dude, I'm I'm so friggin' happy. I'm so proud. This is like the greatest thing in the world, right? My wife and I are on the way to Brainerd, and we're going to get off and spend a day or two at this campground by a casino and just relax for a day or two, whatever. But there's like a detour off of 35, so I'm on these little towny roads. I'm not going 20, 30 miles an hour. And I, I make this turn, and I go up and I make another, another hard left, and I look in my mirror, and the friggin' fender's sticking out in a 90-degree angle. The rear tire's gone on the driver's side. I thought, no, it's raining. I'm on this road where I can't get on the side of the road. I go back, and I find the tire with the drum bolted to it, you know, the, back up the street a ways. Dude, I did not have those fenders on the thing for a week. And they were already junk. I was... Oh, my God, it was just, I wanted to cry. I finally had my stuff looking, standing tall, looking good. Dude, it didn't last for a week. And the fender's blown off the thing, screwed up the paint. Just, I could have cried, dude. I could have just absolutely cried. So, that, there you go. There's, there's that one. <laughs> it seems as though it never fails. Then I could talk to you for hours. I know that we have in the past. Um I really appreciate you coming on once again. You you look back and you talk about your experiences, past and present, in in such a, a humble way. But I want you to know that I, I speak for the masses, and that following your career over the years has been an inspiration to me, to my generation, to racers to come. Like, um, thank you for being Dan Fletcher and doing what you've done uh, for our sport as a whole, and for racers like me. Right on, Luke. I appreciate it. You certainly raised the bar pretty good yourself, so I appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right, man. Take care, Dan. Good luck this year. Thank you. You too. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. To make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And, and, And you can do that on 
Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing uh, our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest uh, edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. Reasons to use BTE tune-up services. Number one, quick turnaround time. You won't be out of commission for half the season while you're waiting on your parts. Number two, unparalleled customer service and responsive communication. Reason number three, all brands of parts are accepted. It's not like they just work on BTE parts. Number four, BTE offers freight shipping discounts. They are located in the shipping capital of the United States near Memphis, Tennessee. And number five, reason to use BTE tune-up services. Quality work from knowledgeable technicians helps your system achieve peak performance. All right, joined now once again by Ashley Thompson, uh, the the benefactor, the the mind behind the thisisbracketracing.com driver series. Ashley, we've already kicked off the 2021 series at least at, at a handful of the 24 plus tracks uh, that will be hosting the series uh, across the continent here in 2021. To this point, we've kind of been working our way, at least in, in terms of race results, actual on-track competition from west to east. Uh, Sacramento got started, Tucson got started just this past weekend. Uh, Ardmore hosted, Ardmore, Oklahoma hosted their first driver series event of 2021. Uh, very few results in the, in the books in, in, in terms of looking at the broad picture of the, the 2021 driver series but it's off to a hot start. Anything notable that stands out to you from the events that have already been completed? Um, yeah, we've already had a couple people win, um, you know, that, that event. So they got full points, you know, plus a couple extra points. And then um, a lot of people going deep round. So it's already, you know, especially within the top bowl category, there's already um, a couple close uh, calls at the top there. So it'll be interesting how it all plays out, especially when more tracks uh, start the series. Yeah, to this point, uh, no track has gotten in more than two of their eight events. So again, we're very, very early in the runnings. And I think that the the most positive result for the masses to this point, Ashley, is, and, and I'm talking about the, the racers at tracks that haven't gotten started yet, or the racers that maybe haven't signed up for the series yet, is that at least to this point, early in the runnings, there hasn't been a, a Lane Savar, right? Lane ran over the series in 2020. He won the first two events and basically ran away from there. There have been strong performances by points participants, but to this point, like nobody's run the table. It doesn't feel like anyone's running away with things, right? Exactly. Yeah, there's still a chance for everyone, um, you know, to make a comeback and, you know, win or or get a good start to the season. So, absolutely. And with uh, with like I say, three of our participating tracks already with results underway. And guys, if you're listening to this and you're interested, like tell me who won. Tell me a little bit more about this. Particularly if you're a racer in this series, um, go check out the this is bracketracing.com driver series Facebook page. On that, uh, Ashley along with Jordan Pratt, you guys host a. Uh, semi-regular um, live chat there that basically brings everybody up to speed. Basically, every time that we have a new race completed within the driver series, a big announcement to make, you guys come on, tell everybody a little bit about what's shaken down. Right, yeah. We try and go on every other Friday um, around 6, 6.30 central time, um, kind of give a rundown. We might even be doing some giveaways, so keep an eye out for that. Um, that'll be really exciting as we kick off the season. And tell everybody again where to find that. Did I frame that correctly? Yeah, yeah. This is Bracket Racing um, dot com Driver Series. Driver Series Facebook page. All right. So we wanted to have you on um, today, or I wanted to have you on today, Ashley, just because the series really starts to ramp up here in the month of April. We've got a handful of tracks that will begin their points earning seasons this weekend yeah so um making our way back east we've got bowling green and uh greer dragway that both start their first race this weekend um i believe greer theirs is on saturday and then bowling greens is on sunday um so two more tracks added 
to the points list. Um, and then also Tucson will be having their third race this weekend. So there'll be lots to, um, untap in the next coming weeks yeah eventually i guess we'll have to, to migrate in the rest of the country but it's it's pretty linear so far sacramento to tucson to ardmore oklahoma to bowling green kentucky to greer south carolina i i like i like the symmetry that we've got going on things ramp up yet again uh the following week at that point we get over half of the tracks involved participating on the on the racetrack right Yep, exactly. So um, five tracks will start their uh, racing the 17th and 18th weekend. Um, so we got Worldwide Technology Raceway, Virginia Motorsports Park, Woodburn Drag Strip, Numidia uh, Dragway, and Big Country Raceway. Yeah, so if you are a competitor at those tracks and you haven't yet signed up for driver series points, uh, time is running thin. You do have to uh, to get registered prior to the first day of competition at your home track. And if this is new to you, if, if you're unfamiliar with what it is that we're doing with the driver series, Ashley, I'll, I'll kind of pitch you the baton, but this is a really cool format uh, aimed specifically at grassroots local racers that gives us all the opportunity to compete for a national championship and a huge prize without having to leave the friendly confines of your home track. Exactly. Um, you couldn't have said it better. Um, it's pretty simple. There's um, eight races at your track that have been pre-chosen, pre-picked, um, and we will take your best six finishes out of those eight. Um, so you can go on to thisbracketracing.com slash driver series, and you can find the schedule there um, and keep it on your phone, take a screenshot of it so you know those race dates. Um, and you can sign up at thisisbracketracing.com slash driver series as well. And the prize, obviously, you, you get to poke your chest out as a national champion. I'm sure that we'll put together a cool trophy, a, a, a happy Gilmore check, but there's a little bit more uh, substan substantial, um, tangible benefit to this, right? Like it's it's not just saying you're a national champ. We pay you. Yeah, it's a big one. It's $10,000 to the winner of top bulb and bottom bulb. Plus, if you're an elite member, um, an additional $2,500 on top of that. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Big, big prizes and potentially some added benefits along the way. We can't commit to anything just yet. And this is, I feel bad. Ashley's put together all of the work behind the scenes. And the one thing that she tasked me with is like, hey, let's get some outside involvement here. Let's get some, some companies involved to provide additional prizes, uh, perhaps to track champions, top tens, random awards. So that's all in the works. Uh, I, again, admittedly, I've been dragging my feet, so I don't have anything to announce specifically there yet. But I think it's fairly safe to say that there will be bonuses involved more than just the $10,000 grand championship prize and there will be more than just one uh, registrant in each class that ends up benefiting from this pretty significantly. Um, as we mentioned before, like if you have not signed up already and the driver series is coming to a track near you, be sure to at least learn more and sign up at thisisbracketracing.com slash driver series. Once again, if you want to stay a little bit more in touch with what's happening in the driver series on a, on a bi-weekly basis, be sure to check out the Facebook page. Again, Jordan and Ashley go live every Friday evening around six o'clock central time, six to six thirty central time. And again, that's thisisbracketracing.com driver series Facebook page. Ashley, thank you so much for all the work that you've put in to put this together and make it what it is. And thanks for taking some time out of your day to join us here yeah thank you i love to talk about it that's it that's the show thank you for listening thanks to dan fletcher thanks to ashley thompson thanks as always to producer mark thank you to pj north all of the uh audios all of the uh the, the tunes all the great stuff that you heard outside of uh of our voices on this episode are the result of PJ and his work. If you're not familiar with him, check him out. He's on every social media platform that 
you could imagine. Most of all, thanks to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest in the podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, do us a favor. Uh, give us a positive rating, uh, a nice review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that uh, whatever platform you are accessing the show on. That stuff uh, is, a, is a small ask and it goes a long way. Um, you can follow us on Facebook at the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. You can also find us on Twitter. Um, I am at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I. Big Jed is at JP11X. Uh, be sure to ping us uh, with uh, feedback, ideas for future episodes, um, just general racing thoughts. We are here for it. Again, thanks for listening. Have a great week. Call me Luke. Got a hand that stay steady. I flip the rig, grab another ride, come back and win like I'm Corey Galetti. Rihanna split, better have my money. What I gotta do to prove I've been running. Show up with a double for the Derby City. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer, led by knowledgeable professionals. Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors, and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is, at each event, there are 100 plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.